The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a special Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we are going to get a little Metsy today. It's time to talk about the burgeoning rivalry between the Yankees and Mets, which may or may not have existed over the past two decades, depending on which team you root for, with a very special guest as Steve Cohen attempts to buy the entire league, which we've laughed about him not doing over the course of the past few months. But now it seems like he might actually be ready to buy all players uh, and turn this into something legitimate. Thomas, how you doing on this Pizza Friday? How are you overall with the state of New York baseball at the moment? Feeling good. We got this Yankees Mets, you know, the city's buzzing right now. And that's why we have a great guest today, TJ McNeil. He's a comedian, actor, most importantly, a Mets fan. You can also find him on uh, the seven line Twitter account at the seven line. He's doing some parry news updates over there. They're great. So head on over there. But anyway, TJ, how you doing? We're about to talk some Yankees Mets today. We want to hear everything you got to say. What's going on, man? Gentlemen, thank you for having me today. Um, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful morning. The sun's out and uh, everything is aligned. So, you know, um, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. Uh, I, I love I love the state of the Mets right now. And uh, yeah, let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah, well, we want to mostly, you know, before we before we get in here and we start we start going ham, I want to preface this and say we want to bridge the gap between Yankees and Mets fans because we have this rivalry. Is it really a rival rivalry? We see each other five, six times a year. If we see each other again, it won't be in the world. It won't be until the world series. We shouldn't hate each other. If both of these teams are winning 95 to hundred games, New York will be a good place. Everybody should be having fun. And then if we meet in the world series, then we could start the shit talking and, you know, stuffing people's faces into, you know, snow banks out here. But uh, I don't think it's going to really, it, it could get to that point, but overall the animosity during the regular season, we don't need it. And we want to just have fun with New York baseball. And that's why we have you on today. Cause we want to chat about all of it. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I, I, I'm, I agree. I'm on the same page. I think that there is, there's is no need for any animosity. And I think that um, the greater good is that New York could have a, a, 
you know, the Mets haven't held up their end of the bargain during the Wilpon era, let's be honest. And uh, the, the, we kind of just got culture shocked into this, you know, brand new era of, of Steve Cohen. And now all of a sudden, like Mets fans with money are the funniest fans on the planet. They're just like, yeah, man, we're going to sign Lindor. We're going to sign Conforto. How could you not buy Springer? You're like, dude, wait a second, dude. We've got Noah Syndergaard's free agency coming up. It's, it's actually been, it's been incredible. I'm still spinning and reeling from it. So to even be, you know, money-wise in the same conversation as the Yankees is, is a dream come true, you know? Yeah, we, we've we been feeling weird because we, like, it's not my inclination to make fun of the Mets, really, because I just, like, you know, you it's the Don Draper line in the elevator, I feel bad for you, I don't think about you at all. Like, for, for <laughs> the most part, I truly don't really think about the Mets. I've had good times at City Field. I have plenty of Met fan friends. You yeah. know, I sit in the stands and I don't wear orange and blue and I enjoy the game and I don't hate on anything. But then sort of this offseason, it very quickly turned from like Steve Cohen's here, the Wilpons are gone, it's a new star for the Mets. And I'm like, that's great. I feel great for you people. That's wonderful. And then within three weeks, Met fans, and, and we're talking about the Barstool ilk. We're not talking about most Met fans. But the Barstool type Met fans immediately go into this mode where they act like they've already done it. The offseason's over. Several seasons, we're several seasons in the future. The Mets have rings. Like Steve, <laughs> just the fact that Steve Cohen exists was worth several world series victories to like the barstool-esque right. mob of met fans so then very quickly i find myself starting to get a little defensive and i'm doing the whole like just wait till steve cohen actually does something like waiting for those moves like rail muto versus mccann we're already at like a discount signing i got pretty blustery that he wasn't gonna sign dj lemayhew and then he ultimately didn't but it got a little scary there for a while so if steve cohen's offseason is mccann lindor trevor may and then Honestly, probably Trevor Bauer before the end of this podcast, um, whether he whether he signs Bauer or not, I think we can agree he didn't chicken out on Bauer. Um, so if that's the offseason, like it, it, does that satisfy you? Uh, and and does that feel like enough for, for number one? And then also the LeMahieu thing. Did you think he was going to grab LeMahieu? Were you were you into it when you thought he was going to? Uh, well, okay. So first things first, Met fans have been locked in a basement for 20 years and been, <laughs> and been fed dried bacon every day. Okay. That's been a Met fan's life. Okay. So underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team. And that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. So the, the overzealousness of us having a pocketbook is it's, it's overwhelming for us. And, you know, some of us were very empowered and reacted in, in, in that way. So I'm sorry that you had that experience and I'm sure it's going to level out as the time goes by as far as the offseason goes like you made some really good points about like the McCann signing the Trevor May signing the Lindor trade I feel that they win the Lindor trade if they extend him because they gave up Jimenez and I think Jimenez is going to be a phenomenal shortstop keep your eye on him he's going to be phenomenal um, but you know you forgot about Cookie Carrasco who like you know that was a big part of that uh, Lindor trade and that shores up your rotation for another like two years so that gives us like a, a good backbone and the depth moves the depth moves they've made I've been a big fan of like Lucchese, Loop, um, Yamamoto even like I mean you know these are these are all high like high upside or upside guys so I feel 
that if they sign Bauer and they don't add a center fielder, which is not going to happen, they're going to add a center fielder. We need it. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm giving it an A, you know, I'm 100%. Um, I feel really good about it. I think that it was, um, it's getting exciting now because of the contract they're offering Bauer, which is the kind of spending we're looking for. Um, those Met fans were looking for like that kind of like ridiculous <laughs> spending, but um, I'm going to give it an A and, uh, and, and we'll see. I mean, as there's a lot to unpack with Bauer alone, but I mean, as a pitcher, you know, if he's not 2015 Bauer and he's 2019 Bauer and beyond, then I mean, and he's trending in that direction, you're looking at, I'm liking, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Yeah. And uh, what about LeMahieu? How are you feeling about that? Because Oh, that's right. Sec- that's yeah, right. No, for a second there, if we can, you know, we'll go back and revisit a little bit. Uh, he, there was, there was a stall in the talks with the Yankees. Cashman ended up calling him out last week and saying, you know, he could have taken my first contract offer and that would have been that. Yeah, that um, was weird. So apparently they had this exclusive negotiating window, the Yankees did, with LeMahieu for about a month. And okay. then LeMahieu started apparently engaging with other teams. And then the Mets were obviously one of those teams. Once Cano got suspended, they're like, oh, shit, there's an opening at second base. Though Jeff McNeil is probably the more likely scenario to or candidate to switch over there because you have all this outfield depth. You're thinking, well, Steve Cohen's got this money. DJ yeah. LeMahieu's apparently not having uh, the greatest of negotiations with the Yankees. And he go to the Mets and he's not really moving anywhere. He's staying, he's staying right here. So it's a subway, subway stop away. So how, how realistic did that feel over the course of those few weeks? So uh, initially when, when he started talking to other teams, I was like Jack Nicholson in the corner, just smiling and nodding. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, man. And nothing. And, and we had actually talked about this. Uh, I had reached out, Adam, I reached out to Thomas and I was like, I was like, Hey man, you know, I, I think DJ should be playing third base for the Mets and I think he could do it. And I was getting kind of hyped. Like I was, I was definitely getting excited, but at the end of the day, I think in the back of my head, I was, um, I, I kind of always knew he feels like a Yankee to me. Like, I feel like D, DJ LeMahieu yeah. is like a Yankee and he made such a name for himself as a Yankee, like literally carrying the team, you know, and, and just having great moment after great moment um, offensively. And I just feel like that was where it was always going to be. So it was like one of those things where like in an evil alternate universe, the Mets vacuumed everybody up and like just annihilated everything. But I I just, I never really felt like it was a reality. And I kind of, you know, a third base is a thing for us and uh, we don't have to get into that. Um, But I like JD Davis and I'm okay with him at third base for right now, if that's what it is. Um, And I I, like, I ultimately I'm happy that DJ ended up back in, in, in uh, the Bronx. For sure. Yeah, I thought he was staying. I did, but I also I've been gun shy about the Red Sox since 2004, and I like wasn't ready to get gun shy about the Mets yet. I wasn't ready to take it seriously. And same with the Blue Jays. It was like those are the teams you kept hearing about, and it's like so many. Like I haven't really had bad experiences with either franchise yet, so I wasn't right. conditioned to be like, oh, of course, of course they're gonna screw me. I was just like, eh, I don't know, it doesn't feel realistic. And it didn't end up being realistic, I, I guess, ultimately. But if I mean, if I'm Steve Cohen, I think that's why I was critical early in the offseason, because if I'm him, he said he didn't care about the Yankees. He claimed it wasn't a real rivalry. But if I'm trying to embarrass my inner like the, the team in the same city, LeMahieu's my first target. So yeah. I feel like if he was trying to make that kind of statement, I was sort of girded for him to be like, 
oh, I don't really care about the Yankees, but I did accidentally take their best player. Like, oopsie, right. look at me. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when the big brother grows up and starts putting you in a chokehold, you know? <laughs> so, like, or the little brother, my bad. Um, well, that's like the other thing about the Steve Cohen thing. That day, I had this cathartic experience where I went, wow, there's a great, there is a, a possibility that we are no longer going to be this little bashed brother anymore. And, um, and I was kind of excited to of like, you know, not for your fear, not to instill fear in both of you or your fan of the fan base, but like, just to kind of just like move over and just kind of like get a seat at the big table. You know, it just, it felt, it did feel nice, you know, felt good. Yeah. So, I'm not scared. It, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, There's nothing to be afraid about. Well, yeah. No, we're having fun. We want to have fun. We want the Mets to be good. That's what we're trying to say here. That's we what we're to... trying to say. Yeah. Thank but you. Now, and... you know, as we, oh, what, what are you, come on, go on. Let's hear it. No, I mean, you know, what's really, you know, it's what's great about all this, because if we did sign DJ LeMahieu, that's all I would have talked about today. So <laughs> That's know. all any Met fan would be talking about at all. If, if yeah, exactly. you guys made zero additions and it was just DJ LeMahieu, that would just be it. That, that yeah, would what's be the fake. phrase? Like, if you give a kid a lightning rod, he's going to get struck. Is that, how's it go? Do people is there a phrase? That? Is this a, I don't know. a mouse a cookie? <laughs> I think I made it up, but like, I think it's like, <laughs> it's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you give the Mets like all this power, like they're just going to like these fans are, are going to wield it because like I said, we've been <laughs> we've been through it. So, yeah. well, speaking of wielding the power, um, yeah, you know, we've <laughs> uh, we've gone through these last however many years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if and when the Yankees have made a trade or if that was the case. But, you know, we've heard over the last however many years that. Noah Syndergaard could potentially be going to the Yankees or, you know, the Mets are hesitant about making a trade with the Yankees because they're afraid of, you know, making Brian Cashman look good or maybe giving the Yankees that extra, extra thud that they needed to get over the hump to get to the world series. Cause we've seen over the last 11 years, how it's kind of been difficult for them. But now Noah Syndergaard's approaching free agency. The Yankees did go with two bit gamble options in Jamison Tyone and Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is going to be a free agent after next season. There's still a need for uh, a number two starter in this rotation, assuming Tyone is not, you know, doesn't hit the ground running and is exactly what they're expecting. Mm. Are you at all worried about the Yankees making that push for Thor next offseason if it comes to that? You know, it's a day-to-day emotional struggle for me, but I feel that um, today, not at all. I, I saw a tweet last night that was actually quite brilliant that, you know, Noah and, and, and Stroman are making like 30 mil combined this year. And um, I think they're, I think that the Mets are going to have the money um, to retain Noah Syndergaard, but you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm realistic, you know, I'm not going to sit there and go, guys, he's definitely staying like, you know, shut your mouths. Like you're not going to get him. <laughs> it's I, I could definitely see Cashman coming in with an offer that just blows him away. And then Noah just becomes this like anti-hero. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. That's for sure. Unless the Mets lock him up, which I could see them kind of like approaching a two-year deal toward the end of the season. Cause I don't think Noah would shine away, shy away to um, negotiate during in season. He seems pretty, you know, um, he seems like he likes to kind of do a couple things at the same time. So I don't know, man. I'd like, I'm not afraid of anything, but maybe I am. Maybe that's why I'm like talking like this, but <laughs> no, I will say that like you right now are in a beautiful place where yes. you, you aren't afraid of anything. Like, yep. and you have no reason to be afraid of anything, but after one year of being the big dog, you will be afraid of everything. Everything. I'm sure Absolutely of it. everything. Cause there's always, when you are the Mets in your first year of existence, 
it's nothing but a first year of existence. Listen to me. But <laughs> when fits. you're when you've acquired players and made noise and been loud for the first time in decades, it's all gravy. And then the second that you're 13 and 12 in May, the meme team is coming for you. Like Twitter as a unit is going to yeah. start making Mets jokes that aren't about sexual assault. And we'll get into that later. <laughs> but like Twitter in conjunction will sort of rise up to be like poverty franchise, wah, cry more. And like all the stuff they've been hitting Yankee fans with mm. for, for the existence of Twitter. Uh, it can be quite frustrating, I, I will say. So so prepare yourself uh, ever so slightly for, for that type of thing. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking the best rotation in baseball, why the best pitchers are, are sort of all in New York now, the Mets outfield, what it's like without George Springer, and why you're sort of fine with that, and why does Mets Twitter hate Dom Smith, and why do Mets fans love Brandon Nimmo? Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So the pitching in New York is extremely good. Uh, we can nitpick who's better, DeGrom or Cole, but at the end of the day, they're all nits and they're all being picked uh, for really no reason at all. These are the two. Uh... So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush up for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Best pitchers in baseball with the longest track record? I guess Shane Bieber is certainly involved in the conversation. Mm. But it feels like these are, this is one and two right now, and they're in the same city. We didn't get to see a matchup last year in the Subway Series. Those games were all sort of... Uh, they ended up being much less interesting than they should have been. It was always like Rick Porcello. I think Rick Porcello pitching against the Yankees 12 times last year. Yeah. Um, but you've got DeGrom and Cole in the same city, and it seems like you're also about to have Trevor Bauer in the same city, who is Garrett Cole's sworn enemy from his UCLA days, even though both of them deny this. They clearly hate each other. Uh, so why aren't we appreciating DeGrom and Cole more? And the Bauer wrench that's involved in this whole thing he, you know, he wants to be in the top two next year. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, appreciation for DeGrom, who is the best pitcher in baseball. He is. Um, appreciate appreciation for DeGrom. And I didn't mean to be a jerk on that. I was just kind of, no, it's true. No, he is. A, I think it's a smart one. thing to point out here because Yankee fans will inevitably argue that Cole is the best just because we have Garrett Cole and he's making the most money, but yeah, DeGrom is DeGrom's track record over how the last five years is incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, so look, the guy's appreciation um, is directly affected by um, the the team that was that's been behind him, and the Mets have had this great young core now for like three three years. But defensively or relief pitching wise, they never really were able to put it together. So you would see Jacob Degrom come out and throw seven scoreless innings, and then Jerez Familia comes in, loads the bases on walks, and <laughs> Diaz comes in and gives up a double down the line. So so Degrom's starts aren't newsworthy starts because the bullpen would blow it. If your bullpen's blowing it, then what was the game? You know what I mean? So Mets would every game, it seemed that he pitched every time he hit the mound, it was, it was seriously, it would become a bullpen game and the Mets bullpen would fold. And so I think they bolstered their pen a bit this off season. I like what they've done in the bullpen. And I'm really hoping that that bullpen puts it together because I feel like that's where the DeGrom appreciation will come. 
Because you can watch them bulldog all you want from afar, but if they're not winning the games, like it's part of it, you know? And I feel that that's really what's affected, you know, um, him, you know? And, and then I think if the Mets get Bauer and, and he's, he's trending in the right direction, and I think that Kluber for the Yankees is going to work out big time. And I also think Tyone's going to be a stud. So I think that the best rotations in baseball could, we could be looking at at the end of the year, just going, Oh my gosh, these two New York rotations were awesome this year. Uh, it's very, very possible. Uh, Mets rotation is extremely deep, uh, which it wasn't at the beginning of the off season. And I don't know how you guys are feeling about the Yankees rotation, but from afar, I would be, I would be feeling pretty good. Um, although like there's some question marks. I mean, if I was a Yankee fan, I'd be feeling pretty good as well. So, but with Cole and DeGrom back and forth, this could be a year where DeGrom makes headlines, man, because he has, you know, a different team behind him. So we got to wait and see. And, you know, Cole's going to, you know, bring it as well. So he just got to watch his homers. He gives up yeah. a lot of homers, man. Yeah, that last year we we got into ourselves into hot water criticizing Garrett Cole early on. But it looked bad. It was it was really bad. He gave up yeah. like 12 homers and <laughs> like really fast right Leading off the bat. The league. I mean, yeah, led the league. Between, there's a difference between like looking a little skittish early on and leading the league in home yeah. runs allowed. Like at yeah. that point, you got to be like, what is this? What is going on? We just gave this guy the ho- biggest contract for a pitcher ever by like $85 million. Like you got to be shitting me. Um, wow. Yeah. Yankees rotation, you know, Adam and I talk about it all the time. Um, we're certainly bullish on it. We like the upside, but we've just, we've seen so many rotation problems over the last four or five years that uh, there's no way you can't go into the year without being, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, I like, I think the, the moves that Cashman made were for October. I think the, the Kluber and Tyone acquisitions were mostly for October. You're not mm. going to see them. You're not, you're going to see them. As we said, they're probably going to throw like tops 140 innings just because of both of their injury situations and the nature of 2020 okay. uh, with the shortened year heading into this year. Uh, but you know, you see Tanaka go, it's sad. Um, but these guys are clearly, you know, more of the bulldog options to get you through those series that you got to win. And then you look at the depth, you know, Severino, we don't really know what to expect from him. We like Jordan Montgomery, uh, like the way he ended the year, but still also don't know what to expect. Uh, and then you got guys like Domingo Herman hasn't pitched in a while. And then we still don't know what to really make of Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt. Uh, but the depth there is nice. And that's, you know, an issue that the Yankees have really uh, struggled with for quite a while now. So it's glad to see that they kind of shored that up as the Mets are working on these uh, these more, uh, I guess, shrewd additions to the bullpen to help out DeGrom. So the end of every uh, one of his starts is an unmitigated disaster where you're laughing at the fact that the Mets have like, you know, 20 wins in his past, like 60 starts, because you see that stat on Twitter all the time. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, so about Bauer. Yeah. I want to know what Mets fans are thinking here. Do you want him? Do you think that he's going to be a distraction? Do you think he's going to be... I don't know. I don't know what to feel. I'm not a Mets fan, but I don't, I personally did not want him on the Yankees. Yeah. I'll tell you what you want to go see some division right now. You go to Mets Twitter over this Bowers signing right now. I mean, and both valid arguments on, on, on both sides, you know, like there's people that are like even parsing through the harassment going, is this harassment? Is it not harassment? But when you Google harassment and Trevor Bauer, the article comes up. So that's got to mean. Yeah. <laughs> you really see that. You really hate to. You do. You're trying to make the case that there's no harassment. You hate to be able to do a quick Google of the name and the word harassment and just immediately results. And, and that's the thing for me. I mean, you know, honestly, were I him, I wouldn't behave that way. I, I think that that, that yeah. whole, if you look in a freaking, if you look at that situation in a vacuum, 
and you see how he acted, it, you would think he was 14 years old. And I'm not saying I don't know him. I don't know this guy. I watch his YouTube sometimes because it's like I, I like uh, it's just I, I want to know what this guy's thinking because, you know, I'm not sold on this dude. But if you like look at it in a vacuum like that is weird. It's it's not normal behavior. You know, it's like and the if, equivalent of one American news. Perfect, dude. Patriotnews.com. It it's like, well, we're going to snuff out all the fake news for you. Rachel Luba was on the other day. She's like, I saw this Dodger article on Twitter and the source was uh, an MLB agent. Guys, that's not a source. It's like, what the fuck is a source then? An that's MLB the real. That's a source. <laughs> what else is a source? Yeah. It's like reventing, reinventing up and down. And it's yeah. like infuriating. And the goal is to twist your brain into a pretzel so that you yeah. can't even you know, cognitively think and function. But I mean, for me, what I look at when I look at Bauer is in that, in that vacuum, I look at the people he sent after her and they were all like people making Holocaust jokes and stuff. And I'm a Jesus. big believer in the energy you're putting out there and the is 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 the energy that follows you and so when those people were acting that way i said okay so there's something about this guy that attracts those that kind of energy and regardless of like you know if you have a warped sense of humor or anything like that i think we can all agree that like there's a there that that's just like messed up and yeah. like really weird and um so that's my thing when i look at bauer and also if he doesn't perform when he comes here Queens is going to ruin Murder. his brand. Like yeah. momentum will be sold, dude. That will be done. <laughs> They'll call it. They're, it's, they're going to sell it to Trump, bro. They're going to change it to molasses, bro. That's what they're going to change it. To. Like, if At, that guy watch momentum, yeah, exactly, dude. Like, so he better be. He, you know, if he comes here pulling John Rocker, he's going to end up in the trash, bro. So he, you know, it. The pressure's on him, basically. Yeah. You know, especially if they're going to front load the contract with 40 million a year for the guy with the same ERA as Jake go to Rizzi. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we did an anti Bauer take. This is you, like you said, the people he attracts, whether he's, he knows he's doing it or not. Like we wrote an anti Bauer take and the comments that spoke to me were a people who just immediately decided to snitch tag Bauer and Rachel Luba as if like, come save me superhero. Somebody doesn't like Trevor, Rachel, where are you? Like, mm -hmm such an embarrassing thing that like a lot of online trolls do and then b me i just i didn't use the sources names the names of the women who came forward like ken rosenthal did and got yeah. flamed yeah. so i said i'm not going to mention their names here if you'd like to know who they are follow this link and read about it and immediately you also had people being like do you just want to get in their pants bro this is copied right from the daily news and i was like first off just because just you're defending people who got Holocaust jokes thrown at them does not mean you're trying to have sex with mysterious female reporters. Uh, and B, <laughs> like, it's copied from the Daily News because I didn't want to write about it. And if you followed, like, if you followed what just happened, people who wrote the names down got screamed out for good reason. So if you want to read them, follow this link. Like, I don't want to put them in this article. And it's just that that over and over and over again. So we wish Trevor uh, the best of luck. <laughs> Gonna pivot here because I just, I can't devote more than five <laughs> minutes of my life to talking about Trevor Bauer. Um, the Mets outfield picture, people have sort of joked about if Bauer, Carrasco, and Lindor are all on the same team, this is like the 2018 Indians, but with a good outfield. So what does the outfield look moving forward like Conforto needs to be extended if he's going to stay beyond this year. The Mets decided not to bring George Springer back. Now Brandon Nimmo is in a position of power. Dom Smith is sort of floating around. 
Mets Twitter maybe wants him gone. I'm not sure why. He almost led the National League in batting last year, but he's not a natural outfielder. I get that. So what is Mets Twitter missing about Dom Smith? Uh, why do Mets fans love Brandon Nimmo so much? Mm -hmm. And did you want Conforto or Springer if one of them had to be, you know, extended or signed? I know that's a lot, but how do you parse out the outfield picture? Okay. So first things first, if you're telling me Conforto or Springer, it's Conforto all the way. I am a huge Michael Conforto fan. Me too. So, and, and that's pretty much the general consensus. A lot of people wanted Springer, but with Springer, you're getting two years of a center fielder who's not, you know, he's not the best center fielder defensively. And like, you know, it's, he's only going to be there for two years. So, so it's Conforto all the way. I think that uh, they need a cent. The Mets need a center fielder, whether it's Jake Marisnik, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or Albert Almora in a trade. Like, I think you have to trade for him. I'm pretty sure no, he's I'm- a free agent. I think oh, yeah, he got non tendied. So, yeah. oh, so yeah. So I mean, like whether it, there needs to be some sort of rock in center field, cause we mm-hmm. don't have it regardless of what you've heard. We do not have it. The Mets do not have a center fielder. Um, And uh, uh, with Brandon Nimmo, the thing about Brandon is that when you watch the Mets day to day, his at-bats are like, they're beautiful. Like this guy has an amazing eye and he gets on base and he has the ability late in the game if the Mets are down and he's leading off an inning to not only slap something and get a rally rally started, (laughs) but um, he has the ability to kind of, taken at bat and wear a pitcher down and see 10 pitches yeah and kind of like and walk like this guy you know there's a lot to brandon nimmo that goes more beyond his his full batting line i mean as as an offensive player i think i think brandon has a ton of value and 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 most of all he gets on base and he can run the bases like he he's not a he's a good base runner and he's fast and that's another thing about him he's like sneaky quick and, you know, we know he likes to hustle down to first on that walk. You know, oh, he yeah, loves it. Yeah, he brings that in his game. But um, and defensively, he's a great corner outfielder. And that puts him in a position of power by having him in left field. So, I, you know, I would be fine if they sign Bauer and that's like where they want to put their money. I would be absolutely OK with with uh, Marisnik in center field or, you know, I wa- I'm hoping Jackie Bradley Jr. Because I think he, he's great. But um, but I'm happy with with Marisnik or, you know, just, you know. They need something in center field. So their outfield is um, – and then what was that? What was the but then what field? happens with Dom Smith if there's no DH? Yeah. Okay, so if there's no DH, we've got a bit of a – we've got a bit of a little bit of an issue because, you know, Dom Smith, in my opinion, is the Mets' first baseman. In my opinion, Pete Alonzo is born to be a DH. And I think Pete plays a really good first base as well, but defensively there's no comparison. And Dom Smith is so athletic that this guy, who was a first baseman first – he had sleep apnea. He diagnosed it. He lost a ton of weight because of that. He reconditioned his whole life and picked up left field and actually played a decent left field. Wasn't bad. Yeah. Not yeah. bad. Not bad at all. And like, there was like some moments here and there, but they were very few and far between. Plus his bat is incredible. Like you said it, like Adam, like his, he is a, an incredible hitter. You know, he, he, he really is. So, and Met fans that want to trade that for a reliever and, and Lorenzo Kane you know, from, from the Brewers, dude. And you want to pay, what, Lorenzo Cain 72 million in his age 41 season with you know, <laughs> Josh Hader coming to New York with his little Ku Klux Klan hood on, dude? Are you kidding? <laughs> Get the hell out of here, man. Like, you want to trade Dom Smith for that? That To me, like, I understand people, like, you know, want to see value in players, but, I mean, Dom Smith is somebody you build around, not somebody you get rid of, for sure. 
Yep. Everybody wants Hater. Hater is like the guy who you're going to hear trade rumors about for the next, like, even after he's a free agent, people are going to be like, what do we give up in a Josh Hater trade? They're like, money, sign him. He's no longer a trade candidate. But yeah, you're going to hear that forever. Uh, I, I I do, I think it's cool that you're trying to stay the course with the, with the center fielder thing. And, and you're probably right there. Um, if Jackie Bradley wants a four-year deal, I think you maybe don't, uh, don't need to do that. Uh, we are going to take one last quick break. When we come back, we're going to give TJ the floor to rant and rave about some people that he really does not enjoy uh, and maybe take a final shot at Yankee fans. So stick around one more time. Welcome back to the final stretch of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So Thomas and I are, are Yankee fans. We're, we're fairly obnoxious. You seem to be a not obnoxious Met fan, but yeah. Thomas, I'm going to let you have the floor here. Um, we do want to make... Sure, you listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. You've made your feelings clear. Yeah, I mean, look, we are we're we're fairly obnoxious. I think we're obnoxious in the sense that we hold our team to such a high standard and we're critical of every move. I think that we have a brain and we're realistic about the team's expectations. Uh, because we rip on Yankee fans. We love to rip on Yankee fans. We rip on the people who uh, blindly defend Gary Sanchez for no reason, despite the fact that he hasn't been good in two and a half years uh, and things like that. We've been, like we said in the, at the top here, we were making fun of Mets fans for talking about buying a championship after they were laughing at the Yankees for failing for doing that for however long. Um, so we know, and we've talked about the Mets, the, the, the sect of Mets fans that we don't like. I want to know the sect of Yankee fans that Mets fans just cannot stand TJ. Who are they? What do they do? What's their persona? Tell us all of it. So in this drama, I tend to helicopter, right? So I kind of just hover over and I watch it all and I take it in and I, you know, um, and I, it seems to me that if there was one thing that I would say to a Yankee fan is the 27 ring thing. And I think that bragging about something that your grandfather witnessed is something that, um, and I like it, 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 it I, I heard that today somewhere and it really struck a chord with me because we know the Yankees are the death star, dude. Everybody knows it. Okay. And, and the 27 rings, I think just weakens the argument because what, when was the last ring? 2009 2009 it's been that's a long years. that's a long time to be saying 27 rings when was the last ring before that 99 2000, no, 2000. 2000. and that was against the mets right so we gave yeah. you that one <laughs> so the last two rings you have one was 11 years ago and the other one the mets gave you so recognize <laughs> who owns you dude that it goes away if the mets don't exist and that's 26 rings okay <laughs> this is just something to think about that, yeah, are, that's an yeah. argument you don't need. Okay, We are getting to the point where 27 rings was like an annoying brag last decade. And now it's embarrassing because people are, you're right, starting to go, wait, for how long have I been hearing 27 rings? Oh, like 12 years? Yeah. That number, <laughs> should, that number should change if you're going to keep saying it. Like, it's no longer a brag if you just continue to say the same number ad infinitum. Um, so that was, I mean, that was a great rant. We, we love to hear, we love to hear the, the honest. And I love you guys. 
I love you guys. We love I, you. It's it's I, not a this isn't a, yeah. We're, there's nothing wrong here. But it's you, like therapy. We got to know who, what's wrong with who, how we could fix it. Sure. What the flaws are. It's so, only yeah. been a half hour, and we already got the I love you's out, which is very impressive. <laughs> but you you hate people. You you hate people on your own side too. The the Mets are not immune from criticism. Sometimes yeah. when we come after you, we think we're right, and it seems like you think we're right too. Uh, especially in some of the topics we've talked about recently, we're gonna put two minutes on the clock. And let you burn the four targets on theoretically on your side, who you despise the most. Mickey Calloway, former Ooh. Mets manager, now Angels pitching coach, not fired yet for his uh, recent behavior. Robinson Cano, former Mets GM for one month, Jared Porter, and Brody Van Wagenen, who pulled the strings in the previous administration. So two minutes on the clock. You've got the burn corner and your <clears throat> time starts now. All right. I want to preface this by saying uh, I understand these are human beings. Um, okay, cool. So <laughs> I would say that Callaway's career right now is an angel. Literally, dude. This guy is dead in the water. Okay, I watched this man say, oh, do something special. Rosie's going to put it together for two years. And all I got was a botched internal investigation led by the Wilpons and skeletons in a closet that I never knew existed. Dust in the wind. Okay. There were times when I was mad at Terry Francona or Tito for talking so highly of this guy, pitching guru my ass tumbleweed blowing down the freaking road with every loss while he's sucking down bourbon and texting pictures of his T-bone to these poor innocent women that are trying to make a living in the sport, all right? Like an eight-year-old on Snapchat that doesn't realize that pictures don't disappear, all right? Mickey Calloway was a statistic. Brody Van Wagenen, as a definition of a, as a GM, definition of a used car salesman. Okay, the swarmy smile, the BS trades, the buzzwords, the come get us. He said, come get us after an offseason where he acquired a relief pitcher, Jed Lowry, Keon Broxton, and Wilson Ramos. Okay, Keon Broxton was DFA two months into the season. Okay, so Brody, I don't know how that man is still working in sports. Bringing me to Cano, another PED suspension dude. Come on, bro. What are you doing? What are we actually doing? Like I, this is and a diuretic or no diuretic. You, you know what you're doing. Come on, man. You have a career to uphold. Like this guy had a great career. What are you doing? You know, that just ticks me off. And who was the last one? 30 seconds for Jared Porter. Oh my God, dude. Nobody wants to see you naked, bro. You look like you should be working at a food truck. That's failing, dude. With those sunglasses and that widow's peak. I can't believe that that was the guy that the Mets bought in. And the other thing, baseball better clean its freaking act up, okay? Because women in this sport are here to stay. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to get in their freaking pants, all right? I'm saying that because they're smart and they know more about the sport than the knuckle-dragging Neanderthals that are bullying them into silence. And it needs to freaking stop, dude. Jared Dang. Porter, dude, go work at Walmart, Jared Porter, dude. We'll Time's see you count my receipt, sorry. No, God, no. <laughs> Did we expect the burn to be so uplifting? I did not. What an no. operational burn. I love what it. What a valuable two minutes that was. And Brody Van Wagenen, dude, I know he's probably a great guy. You know what I mean? I don't like, think so. I don't know that. Well, we don't. Okay, no, no, you're right. We don't know that. Okay, so here's why I want to preface this. I don't know that man, but as a GM, dude, that guy, 
Dude, his first press conference, he was like, yes, so we're going to have like this new like way. Okay. And the Mets are going to be like awesome. And like, hey, come get us. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then dude, then he throws a chair halfway through the season and they win 10 games and that was it. And like, I don't know, the Mets players seem to like that guy, but dude, how is he working in sports? Like I was talking to Tom yesterday. I go, dude, how is he, how is he working? How did Rock Nation hire that guy? That's the thing. It's a funny firing because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm officially gone. Good, goodbye to everyone. I, I'm out of public life, except for all of my clients are still on this team and I'll be back in this building what, every month. Like, well, and well, you know, he's with a different agency now, but the thing, the thing is, is that with Brody Van Wagenen, not only was he like a used car salesman in the sense of towing the company line, but he, he was also very much he, instrumental in depleting our farm system for 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 weird reasons like it almost seemed like there was like like a scam going on that he was just trying to get all his old clients in it was crazy and i, I like i really i didn't understand it and it's a part of mess history that i do not miss and i'm so glad that we're past it we are past it you are right we have turned the corner and that's why we have to have conversations like this because the yankees and mets can now coexist on the same podcast and it doesn't feel like bullying TJ McNeil, thank you so much for joining us, dude. Uh, won't be the last time. We'll check in with you uh, updates during the season as it continues. Um, and, and hopefully we're at a place by the All-Star Break or so where once again we can commiserate and just have rich people problems of, you know, my four starters not great or like my center fielder is only hitting 240 with good defense. Uh, so we hope that is uh, sort of something that comes up in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, will you come back? Are, are you willing to come back? Thank you for inviting me into your little corner of the world and all you Yankee fans listening. I wanted to extend an olive branch and I will come back, Adam. I will. And where can they find you TJ? Well, you can find me on Twitter at TJ underscore McNeil. Um, And you can find me on Instagram at the patchouli master. Uh, And that's it. That's it guys. I love that. Great handles. That's it for this pizza Friday edition of the Yanks go yard podcast with a little Mets pepperoni on top. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. Folks, please have a great end of the week. And Thomas, where can they read our stuff? YanksGoYard.com and the official YanksYard Twitter account at YanksYardFS. And of course, please find me on Twitter at Tommy's underscore takes. Here for all the shit talking with the Mets fans. Let's have a good weekend, everyone. Let's get the conversations going and we'll see you on Monday. See ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.